this is the heart of why we exist, then it shouldn't be the responsibility of just the creative department. Okay. It should be the creative, sorry, the, 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 the responsibility of everyone. Okay. So finance yes. rallies around creativity. Yes. Um, uh, account management rallies around creativity. Strategy rallies around creativity. Because if we're not adding that value to our clients, then we're not doing our work. And most importantly, we've got a bigger job, which is to show clients. I mean, any marketer will tell you. Yeah. One of the hardest things is that is is for them to be taken seriously in those C-suites that we oh. speak about. So we have to show that creative advertising makes a difference to businesses. The fact that it can be that one little nugget that you have that can propel you even sometimes when your budgets are a challenge and you know and you've got maybe your distribution is a challenge because that's the thing about marketing right they have to think of so much more so imagine if you could be an ally to a marketer and help that marketer and that business to shine and in so doing create fame and love for their brands and and that's why we started with the people that we get on board. Yeah. Here we go. How's it, everybody? Uh, welcome to the CMO Corner. And as you know, my name is Tawani Kumalo, and I'm your host. This is episode two. So now, if you remember, initially we spoke about how this year we're taking a different spin on the podcast. Um, we'll still keep the CMOs from the client side, but we're also bringing in chief creative officers that sit at agency. And today, my guess is exactly that. I think he's a brilliant mind. Um, and I know everyone can attest to this. And awards don't, or don't do justice to the work this man has done. So my guest today is the chief creative officer for Joe Public. Mr. Kolisa Dieshan, how are you? I'm fantastic, my brother. You good? You? I'm fantastic. Thank super, you super, 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 super. So what I normally do is, uh-huh. your bio and profile I don't go through. Mm-hmm. People can find that on social media, Google, yeah. everywhere. I don't care about that. Mm-hmm. Here we talk about the things that interest us the most Absolutely. in marketing. Cool. Absolutely. So normally I start my um, show with an icebreaker. Okay. So that's why I've got my phone here. <laughs> it's just like, it depends too, like who I'm talking to. So uh-huh. it varies. Uh-huh. Um, for you, I've done something slightly different. Uh-huh. Uh, where I want to quiz you a bit. It's not necessarily a quiz. Okay. But I'm going to give you, I think, three advertising quotes, if not four. Uh-huh. That's what I've Googled here. Uh-huh. Actually, it's four. Um, and I want you to tell me who actually said this. Oh my God, that is terrible. <laughs> I have no idea what advertising people say. <laughs> Let's try it out. Let's try okay, it out. I, I think you'll get it. I've got some easy ones and then maybe some, some odd ones. <laughs> if it doesn't sell, it's not creative. No Come on, X. <laughs> I have no idea what to say there. Okay, that's Ogilvy. That's Ogilvy. <laughs> yeah, I do. do. I have to be like the Ogilvy's and the, you know, all those guys. The, okay, let's try another one. Uh, stopping advertising to save money is like stopping your watch to save time. I have no idea. <laughs> Henry Ford. Okay, well, last, one. Last, one. last one. Last <laughs> one. Last one. Last one. Let's see. Uh-huh. Let me try and find an easy one. There is no easy ones. I don't um, know what advertising people say. <laughs> a good ad, which is not run, never produces sales. 
I have zero <laughs> Your idea brand. what you said. We don't study advertising quotes. That's not what happens. Okay, <laughs> okay. Fine. Now, let's get to the meat. Absolutely. Let's get to the meat. Thank you very much for joining. And when you're done, you must go and quote from this interview and you must ask someone who said that. <laughs> I'll try. I'll try. Let's see if anyone will win. Uh-huh. Cool. My good sir, you've got tons and tons of awards, but I'm not here to talk about your awards. Sure. I'm here Thank to talk about... <laughs> I'm here to talk about... Olisa, the man, mm-hmm. um, who's added so much value into the space that we're operating in marketing. Mm-hmm. Um, and I hope that you can share some light in helping either people at C-Suite as well, because mm-hmm. I think we learn from each other, yeah. and anyone that's actually coming up to learn from you. Sure. So, honest conversation, mm-hmm. that's what I want us to have. 100%. So, let's start from the beginning. Mm-hmm. Who Kolisa is upbringing, just to set the context. I'm sure you've told the story multiple times. Mm-hmm. But I think that's all. That's always an important thing to share, so people understand everything else from there. Absolutely. So, who Claudisa is is I'm the last born out of a family of seven. Yeah. I um, and it's a whole bunch of dudes. Um, there's only one girl, and yeah. she is my sister, the oldest in the family. Lucky for her. <laughs> and then it was just a, a whole bunch of brothers. Yeah. And uh, interesting fact is, I actually haven't lived at home since 1989. Hectic. Yeah. Um, so I've had to I've had to learn to be extremely independent. Yeah. Um, my parents sent me away to learn English and live with my cousins in Cape Town. Yeah. Um, and by learning English, I mean they my cousins were going to colored school, so I mm. got to go there, or what was known as that. And um, and then when they opened up what we call Model C schools today, when they opened those up, they sent me back to East London and then I went to, I was very privileged to go to a very good school down there called Salborn College. Yeah. And I was one of the first uh, youngsters to go there and I became a boarder. Okay. And so right through up until matric and um, the good thing about my Salborn journey, I always talk about the fact that it helps, it helped me to solidify what I've always kind of had an inkling that I had, which is I've always known that I, I have this creative, artistic mm. side to me. And so they had the subjects to accommodate that and to sure. help me hone that. And so the interesting thing is when I finished studying, then my parents were like, well, that's as far as it goes, mm. right? So you're not going to varsity because we can't afford for you to go to varsity. Yeah. Um, you know, the UCTs and the VITSs and everything at that time, advertising colleges in fact till today advertising colleges cost even more than varsity so that was completely out and it actually took a brother of mine because i was it it was a bit depressing i i i I think in my life at that stage and it took a brother of mine a brother of mine who was on the src at uh, at at what we i would refer to as a black technicon it was peninsula technicon yeah my brother was on the was on the SRC. He gave me a call and he said, "Chip, what are you gonna do? Mm. Because for when a a gap year is not an option." Um, and and I'll never forget. He said to me, "Kolisa, life is a marathon. And mm. It may seem that your friends are all leaving you behind now, but you guys will find each other along the way." And I listened to him, and I woke up the next morning. I left my house in Tanzania. I went to a highway. I got onto a bus. 
uh, with nothing but my bag and my portfolio of work that I had done um, during my high school years. Yeah. And I walked into Peninsula Technicon and that's when, you know, the journey pretty much began. And it was very, very interesting. I mean, every every bit of my story has a story. You know what I mean? <laughs> they wouldn't accept me. Yes. Um, my brother literally had to fight for me. Yeah. Um, which he did, thank God. Um, and 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 it was just amazing. I mean, I uh, also the, the 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 department, the graphic design department, because that's where I went to study there. Yeah. It was actually separate. Mm. It was quite separate from the rest of of of, of campus. And there was this notion that if you did this, then you cannot be any part of student life because mm. you are working nights, yes. days, weekends. And I sort of challenged myself, which is something that I, I've done at, at, at multiple junctures in my life where whatever the norm is, I try and, and challenge myself not to be that. So I was very active um, during my tertiary years. Yeah. I somehow said it, it must be that it can be done, you can be a part of student life. Also, a lot of people that, that were in that faculty uh, were not staying at the campus, yeah. were sort of detached from the campus. Yeah. I wasn't like that. I lived there. So what sense does it make that I, mm. you know, on weekends I'm with all these people and yet I separate myself. So I really, I became a part of student life. I actually ended up in structures sure. uh, within, 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 the, within my, my, my tertiary institution. Um, but somehow I was also able to get the work done. Mm. And so when I graduated, um, you know, I felt a great sense of achievement because I had done it in what I believed was quite a different way. And, uh, and then I came back, did my honors, and then, and then I couldn't get a job Ish. in advertising. Yeah. <laughs> I couldn't get a job. I ended up working at a call center. Um, I thought I'd work at a call center for like two months, three months. Hmm. Turned out to be more than six months, more Crazy. than a year. No. Um, yeah, another very low, depressed uh, and low and low part of my life. I remember I had to get up at four a.m. in the morning. I had to take a taxi. I had to take a train for over an hour, and hmm. then eventually I'd get there. A funny story is that you know when I come home, when when it seemed that really like this is this is lasting for a lot longer than I thought. I remember I'd. I had this ritual that I do when I'm walking to the train station. At the end of work, I'd kick a can. Mm. And as I kicked this can, I'd, I'd, I'd say things to myself, you know, pretty much that, you know, things like, you know, you, you, you're a failure. You really, really are. You, you are the one that the family invested mm. in, the one that got to have that education. And this is how your story ends up, you know. So it was, it was also quite self-deprecating on my mm. part. Um, but it, as I said, I, I suppose that was just a reaction to the fact that it was a low point. Mm. And then I'd get into the train and then I had this tradition of whoever was sitting next to me, I'd tell them, listen, this is where I'm getting off. And uh, because I could never stay awake. Mm, By the end yeah. of that day, I was done. <laughs> um, so yeah, man, that was, that, was, that was basically the journey coming up. And uh, it all changed one day when I received a call um, from my agent and she basically told me that the the top agency in South Africa which at the time was FCB mm -hmm. and just to give you context my call center was in Woodstock and not okay. the fashionable Woodstock that yeah. everybody knows now yeah. but my, 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 my where I worked was in Woodstock 
and this interview was in Camps Bay. Yeah, so different. Just, yeah. So just to give you the contrast. Um, and I went for this interview, and the funny thing is the interview was actually for a copywriter. Mm. And so when the guy, he went through my stuff, he seemed fairly impressed with my stuff, but then he said, but there's a problem here because we're actually looking for a copywriter mm. and from your qualifications says graphic that you're designer. a graphic designer. Yeah. And this became one of many times in my life where what I had perceived as a disadvantage at the time actually turned out to be an advantage. Okay. And so I said to him, well, it's funny that you say that because where I went to school, we couldn't afford to have a copywriter on his own and a graphic designer or art director on their own. Got you. So everything that you liked about my work was actually written by me Aha, and designed by me. So based on that, he then, uh, he then said, um, well, I'll take a chance on you. Crazy. And then I had my little pursuit of happiness moment. <laughs> <laughs> and, that's, and that's basically how the journey started for me. Wow, that's never beautiful. That man, Philip van Rensburg used Is to be it? the MD. Used to be the MD. That's such a beautiful story. And you talk about how advertising schools are expensive mm-hmm. and they still are. Mm-hmm. So just a brief story. When I had to decide what I wanted to do, mm-hmm. my thing was advertising. Yeah. So as similar to you, mm-hmm. I couldn't afford to go to an advertising school yeah. because they're all private and the fees are high, etc. Yeah. Long story cut short, I figured out a way to get a glimpse of advertising through marketing, through uh-huh. DUT and IMM, where yes. I can get a bursary. Yes. So I can have a taste of what advertising is actually. Yes. But like you, I think the benefit is that I've got a holistic view because I wasn't focusing specifically on one thing. Absolutely. Uh, which I think is such a beautiful thing. But yeah. anyway, so yeah. you start in uh-huh. your career uh-huh. at FCB. Yeah. Um, and how do you then migrate from FCB to Joe Public? Because Joe Public has dominated over the past five years, if I'm not mistaken. Mm-hmm. Um, and I want to take that leap or that story from FCB and then eventually getting to Joe Public and the work that you're currently doing right now. So it's an interesting story, that. <laughs> so, um, so when I joined FCB, yeah. they had made some significant acquisitions within South Africa. And, and for anyone who doesn't know, how it generally works is that if, if an agency is born in this country, yeah. And once that agency starts to do well or be noticed or, you know, or make it into the top whatever, then generally what you have happening is that the multinationals then take interest. Yes. And oftentimes they'll make an offer to buy. And and so at that time when I joined, um, FCB had acquired Joe Public. So Joe Public oh, started in okay. Yeah, I didn't so, know that. Okay. So Joe Public started in 98. Yeah. And so I think around 2001 mm. um, they were showed more zeros than they'd ever <laughs> seen by by FCB which yeah. belonged to IPG. Yeah. And so they sold their business. Uh-huh. And so they sold their business. Um, and so when I joined they FCB actually owned Joe Public. Got you. Then they had also made another acquisition, which was as a guys in Johannesburg. Okay. And so, um, and, and so they wanted to breathe new life into as a guys. And you had this new, fresh brand from Cape Town that they just acquired. Yeah. 
So what they did is that they then um, asked the owners, the founders, mm. to come to Johannesburg and take over as a guys okay. that they had bought. Okay. And inherit the clients and, yeah. and inherit the staff, which, by the way, um, later in the story you come to see is one of the hardest things that you can do, right? When you just change the top. Yeah. Because ultimately, Definitely. you know, those people's loyalties are still with the previous management and yes. it becomes a very tricky situation to navigate. But anyway... So what happened was um, the, how Joe Public got to be in Johannesburg from Cape Town, yeah. which is where it was founded, is the guys came over to take over as a guys, rebranded as mm. Joe Public. Got you. So they rebranded it as Joe Public. Um, at that time, you know, my career in FCB is really taking off. Um, there's amazing things happening within... A uh, very short time, I became a midweight writer. I became a senior writer where I was working. Uh, I was promoted to deputy creative director. Um, and, the, and one of the nice things about my journey as well is that I pretty much started out in retail yeah. where our sole client was um, was Checkers. Oh. And, well, uh, Checkers ShopRite. Yeah. And then, and then uh, gradually started doing a little bit of work in Toyota with the, with the Joburg office. But then after that, that's when I got into the below the line space. So from retail, from retail to below the line. Yeah. And then eventually um, I moved into the above the line space. So it's quite nice to know that I've had all the experience mm -hmm. um, leading up to where I am now. Um, and, so, and, and so what happened was in 2006, in 2006, I received a call and it was Joe Public in Johannesburg. Yeah. And, uh, and I'll never forget uh, Pepe Marais, a very different Pepe Marais <laughs> to the one that people know today. Um, he still had long hair. He used to still wear pixie shoes. And, uh, and he invited me for an interview. This was in Cape Town yeah. in the office on Kloof. And he had an arm stall in his hand, I'll never forget. And we just went through this interview. And, uh, and, and I remember thinking to myself, what the heck am I doing? <laughs> like, how am I leaving that level of structure? Yeah. You know, because FCB was, seemed like such a well-oiled yes. machine. And that's the thing about well-oiled machine, machines is that, you know, at, at first I was like, how can I be leaving that for this? Yes. Yes. You know, this seemed very cowboyish. Yeah. But anyway, they made me a really, really good offer. Sure. I laugh at how much I, I moved to Johannesburg for today. <laughs> I don't even think we give that to people as a starting salary in this, in this career anymore. And so, and so we had this meeting. They made me the offer. And I thought to myself, what do I have to lose? Yeah. <coughs> Excuse me. And so I moved up. Um, in 2006, I joined Joe Public in June 2006. And I can tell you now, it took me less than a month to realize two things. Yeah. I realized that when you join a smaller type of agency, it becomes almost impossible to hide. Mm. And I learned very quickly that I was simply just in a different level of talent. It was just, the guys were just absolutely phenomenal. And I said, okay, this is where I want to be. This is where I want to grow. Yeah. Um, the interesting thing is that at the time when I joined the agency, uh, the same Pepe Marais, um, who is partners with Gareth Lick, the yeah. two of them founded the business. So Pepe Marais, remember they had taken over as a guys yeah. and it was now Joe Public. Yeah. 
So Pepe Marie ended up firing his MD. Yeah. Right? He fired his MD for some really serious differences that they had. Sure. And the first thing that the MD did is that he went and joined their biggest client, who at that time was um, was one of the big tile makers, kitchenware, all of that in the country. And the first thing that that guy did is he fired Joe Biden. <laughs> so two months, two months into me joining this organization, we lost our biggest client. We lost our biggest client and we had to get rid of about, that client made up about close to 80% of our revenue. And therefore we had to get rid of close to 80% of our staff overnight. The sad thing about this story is that if you think about it, the people that we ultimately had to get rid of are people that he had hired. Um, But be that as it may, that was our reality and, you know, and that's what happened. And and I remember at that time, between Pepe and Gareth, they did a lot of self-reflective work. And that's when they decided that, you know what, we need to get back to the essence of why we exist as an agency. Why did we start this thing? Yeah. And why the heck were we called Joe Public? Because advertising is by and large a very egotistical game. You yeah. know, it's 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 you know, it's the same as the lawyers, the yeah. same as, as the auditors. Yeah. Your name is on the door, buddy. Yeah. You know, Ogilvy and Mather, yeah. Foot Cone and Belding, FCB, yeah. Young and Rubicamp. You name them, you know. So why were we called Joe Public? Joe Public yeah. And the whole thing was We've always been about the man on the street. Uh-huh. We're a company of down-to-earth individuals that just really, really want to try and do good. Um, and so and so, then we said, essentially, we're a company for people, by people. Yeah. And then the next question was, if we're a company that's for people and by people, then how can we be owned by Americans? Mm. And that's when the guys decided to go and approach FCB and to say to the CEO at that time, Neil van der Veel, that they would like to buy the business back. Needless to say, that didn't go very well. <laughs> I can imagine. <laughs> that didn't go, because, you know, it, it, it's not done. Like, who yes. does that? Why would you want to leave yeah. this big international organization to be a, a, a South African organization yes. uh, again? Like, that just didn't make sense to anyone. But the guys were adamant. And, yes. um, and eventually, in the heart of the recession in 2008, they bought the business back. And so from 2009 going forward, we had to rebuild the agency from scratch. And that built us up to what you see today. And I can tell everyone, the work that Joe Public has done, I think I was having a conversation with a team, a colleague of mine, Mm -hmm. yesterday, and we were talking about agencies, and they just, we're toying around, Mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. Um, On who the best agencies are, because they want to take something to pitch. Yeah. And the moment you say Joe, uh-huh. people are just like, yeah, like, makes sense. Like, we should actually be speaking to a Joe public if we want great work. That's very flattering. Thank you. Um, and it doesn't just come from great work. I think even the culture of the organization is quite important. Yeah. And what you guys have documented quite well is growth. Yeah. And what you guys stand for. Absolutely. Um, and if I recall, and you can correct me if I'm wrong, you speak about growth of the people. Yeah. Speak about growth of the brands. Yeah. And growth of the country. Yeah. And no, I'm not submitting an interview or CV right now. Don't worry. I just did my research. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but for me, what's, what I want to double-click on is 
how do you do these things? Growing your people, mm-hmm. how do you then grow the brands and how do you see yourself? Because someone else might say it's an agency, how are you growing the country? Yeah. So it's a very interesting one and I must tell you, you know, um, the road to finding our purpose and to being a purpose-led organization was a very, very, very meticulous one. It was a long one. Mm-hmm. It was, but it was the most important road that we've ever taken. It yeah. has given us our North Star. Every single thing that we do okay. is measured up against that uh, that uh, purpose that you, you, you really... Um, articulated so beautifully so our purpose is growth yeah and um and and for us the whole thing is about being the fertile soil that serves the growth of our people of our clients and our country and 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 it was so interesting and and we co-created that right we co-created that with the people that worked here at the time yeah and you know when we got together in a, in a room, I'll never forget um, our our lead strategist, one of our our, our, our directors in the company, Loran, along with Pepe, um, were leading the session. And and one of the questions that we asked, we asked people why they come to work each day. And it's amazing, um, you know, we've got we've got something in this agency that we call why digging. Okay. Um, and and it comes from a little child because a little child you ask a little yes. child a question why? and then, then why? they'll say why yeah. and they'll say why yeah. and, and in in so doing you know you kind of have to change your answer around yes. and before you know it you really start to get to the essence and gotcha. the meat and so you know if you ask anybody why they come to work the first thing that they'll tell you is that they come to work to make a living yes you know we come here to make money yeah and but the more you dig the more you dig which is what we did. Uh-huh. You know, we really started to get to the essence and at the heart of it was that people in our organization come to work to grow. Mm. I want to, within this work that I'm doing here, within these engagements that I'm doing here, I want to walk away knowing that I'm better than when I came here sure. because I spend so much of my time here. True. So hence, we, we, we then stumbled on growth and then we crystallized it with the articulation that I've just given you. And it was very interesting because... We had a huge debate because how dare you say that you want to grow your people before you say you want to grow the clients. Yeah. And that is how the industry, in our view, traditionally worked. There was this level of fear yeah. when it came to clients. So you'd, and, 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 and ours was really, how do we create an organization? We're starting from scratch. Yes. So how do we create norms yeah. that are beyond what we've been taught Sure. The limited thinking of what we've been taught that this industry is about. Yeah. How do we create an agency that is in touch with South Africa yes. and where this country is going? How do we create an agency that has the prosperity of this country at its core? Mm. Because we've bought ourselves from international. So therefore, naturally, our, 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 our affection, our commitment yes. towards a prosperous South African company would naturally have to be more than what we've seen. Yes. So those are the things that have really driven us, Tabani. And, you know, and, 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 and we were very clear that the, the number one thing that clients come to us for is how we can change their business yes. is through our creativity. Yep. How, that is the one thing. You know, we can be the nicest people on earth. It's like a restaurant can have the best service, but if the food is terrible, yep. 
that's not going to be the best restaurant in town. Yes. So we became very, very clear that the business of our agency is creativity. Okay. And so and so we structured and, 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 and we did something else which for us uh, was was very important to do. If this is the business, if this is this is the heart of why we exist, then it shouldn't be the responsibility of just the creative department. Okay. It should be the creative. Sorry, the the the, the responsibility of everyone. Okay. So finance yes. rallies around creativity. Yes. Um, uh, account management rallies around creativity. Strategy rallies around creativity because if we're not adding that value to our clients, then we're not doing our work. And most importantly, we've got a bigger job, which is to show clients. I mean, any marketer will tell you. Yeah. One of the hardest things is that is is for them to be taken seriously in those C suites that we oh. speak about. Oh. So we have to show that creative advertising makes a difference to businesses. The fact that it can be that one little nugget that you have that can propel you even sometimes when your budgets are a challenge and you know and you've got maybe your distribution is a challenge because that's the thing about marketing right they have to think of so much more so imagine if you could be an ally to a marketer and help that marketer and that business to shine and in so doing create fame and love for Mm -hmm. their brands and and that's why we started with the people that we get on board yeah who are the people that we have here? How how much how talented are they? Are they? What opportunities do they have? What opportunities mm. do we give them? You, if you see our staff, you'll hear some of the most beautiful stories about where our people come from. We work with South African schools, and we bring kids from those schools into our organization who are now heading up our IT department, who are now big players within our, 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 our strategy departments, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. We, we, we get our talent from everywhere because we believe that mm. talent in South Africa cannot only be attained through traditional means. Um, and, and you have to be understanding of that. And the only way you can, you can even know that is if you get the right people in. Yeah. And they can say to you, there's no way that you're going to get that guy that way. And so that's what this transformation of our people has done. And so we start with that and we know that if we get the right people with the right talent and if we give them the right training, then that is what will make a difference to our clients. And that's why the clients come second. Because we can never make a difference to their business if we don't start with growing our people. Yeah. So hence we said we grow our people and that will mean that we can grow our clients and by so doing we create jobs. By so doing, we, we, we can be responsible in mm. the messaging that we put out. There's billions and billions of rands that oh. are spent on advertising. And yeah. so advertisers and, and marketers have a responsibility in terms of the messaging that we're putting out there. And that is some of the ways that when we talk about growing our country, mm. that is what we're talking about. So mm. what you mentioned, and there's two things you mentioned, which I want us to definitely touch on. Uh, you and I can sit here the whole day. So, <laughs> the first one you mentioned creativity, yeah, and how it's at the center of what you guys are doing and the culture of this business. Mm-hmm. Your title is Chief Creative Officer. Mm-hmm. So, if I was to simplify everything you've just said, mm-hmm. this business, mm-hmm. and not disregarding everyone else, mm-hmm. is highly reliant on you mm-hmm. because you have to foster that mm-hmm. culture of creativity. Mm-hmm. 
how do you do that ex it sounds like <laughs> such a basic question yeah. but it's just like i want to get to the nuts and bolts of how do you how do you nurture the talent mm. and drive that creative work and be so consistent over a period mm. because i would like to believe it's something that you can teach i'm not sure mm. but you can share you know better so the interesting thing about this organization is that as i mentioned to you that creativity ultimately i mean the buck stops with myself and with peppy sure as the heads of the creative department but yeah. the one thing that i can tell you is that we are one organization where creativity is not the sole um, the sole responsibility of the creative department got you so every single one of the leaders in this business rallies is rallied around our creativity and as the tool as the how yeah we get to achieve the growth the growth that we've been speaking about and one of the most fortunate things that we have is that we have such a diverse team yeah there are six of us there is an afrikaans guy there is a in pepi mm. there is a english guy in gareth there is a tosa guy in me there is a french afrikaans guy in loran who heads up our strategy there is amazing an amazing amazing two amazing bokotos in uh, in bume yeah. who is zulu yeah. and kutala who is i call kutala the most I call her worldly she's just that kind of a person you know so between all of us and all our diverse views yeah. we get together and by the way we've been as far as I know we are the longest we've been together the longest as a management team that's beautiful and what happens there is that you really build a great understanding and a great deal of yeah. trust between the two of you so that's why I always talk about you know uh, by the way to a lot of people Joe Public seems to, you know, have or be achieving relative success to us, we are nowhere. We are absolutely nowhere. I'm not even going to lie to you. I If there that. is a flight of stairs, we are probably on the first one. That is honestly what we believe we can yeah. achieve if we carry on, you know, with our feet down on the ground. Yes, that's important. Um <clears throat> but 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 honestly Tabani, we have a group of people that is so clear on far, on how far we have to go. Yeah. Um there is there is the world that we have to impact. Yeah. Um and and one of the things that we've been so passionate about is that you know for so long advertising has been there. We've seen it, you know, it's been there and we've challenged ourselves to say I don't think that it's ever been harder to be in communication than it is now. Yeah. Because people have got so many more choices. because it's been so democratized. Yeah. A young kid who's who knows how to play the piano very well yeah. can end up being the trending topic for two weeks or a month. Yes, definitely. And you, and that's what you're competing with. Yeah. You're competing with the Yanos. Yes. You're competing with all this amazing talent that we are seeing in our country yeah. that no longer needs your permission to exist True. because you no longer own all the screens. Yeah. So it's 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 one of those where it's humbled us so much i think as an industry and i think that's the only way to go forward as an industry it's to be humble and to know that you earn that space in between your consumers ears and how do you do that how do you how do you not just talk at them 
How do you make them a part of this conversation? That's what we think brands have to do if they are to resonate with consumers. People are so much more skeptical. You want to know, I mean, you go on to social media now. Yeah. The one, the one trigger that they are ready to pull is against a corporate organization. Yes. That's the one trigger that they are ready right. to pull. But at the same time, they are also ready to embrace one that embraces them. Yes. And hence, with right. all our brands, the one thing that we try and get them to understand is that and we work together with them. That's the other thing that I have to be very, very clear about. Mm. You can never speak about any part of our agency without talking about the amazing clients that we have. Mm. We would be nowhere. The whole, the whole thing about our journey is that we've been blessed with amazing clients. And we, 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 we form such deep relationships with our clients. That's why, that's why our relationships with our clients last. Mm. Because we, we go on a journey with them and, and, and we become loyal to them and we grow with them. You know, when things are good, we're there. When things are bad, anyone can tell you of our clients. Yeah. Do you know who, who none of our, what none of our clients can ever say? What? None of our clients can never say, yeah. can ever say that they haven't seen myself, yeah. Kutala, Mbume, Gareth, Laurent, and Pepe in their meetings. We, we, we are that invested. It's, it's, yeah. it's, it's, it's our money. And that, because that is the truth, our level of ownership, we genuinely care for every single one of our clients, from the smallest to the biggest. Because, because we are that invested in the business, and that's what we want to teach to our people. You know, so, so, and, and so it becomes a culture, what you were talking about the other day. Yeah. It becomes, some people say that Joe Public is a bit of a cult. And we always say, well, <laughs> well, well it's a funny thing because cult is, is in culture. <laughs> but literally, yeah. you know, for me, where I really get so, so excited and, and so proud yeah. is when I'm sitting at my house in the middle of an afternoon on a Saturday yeah. and I get a phone call from a young person who says to me, I'm so sorry to bother you on your weekend. But you know that, you know that Ashupol thing that we were sitting with? I just had this thought that what if we did it this way and what if we did it that way? Sure. So that's what I'm talking about when it becomes yeah. a culture where, a culture. where the guys, where from a leadership perspective, we have a responsibility to, leave, to lead by that example. Yes. But then when it starts to permeate to the younger people yes. and they become so passionate about their work, and then they get the accolades from that and, they, and their careers grow. And yeah. we always say, we're one agency. When it comes to our people, we are one agency that will never stop someone that wants to leave us. Yeah. Because we are aware that most people that come here will, will grow their portfolios. That's what we're fighting for. That's yeah. what our clients are in with us for. Yeah. To make sure that people get to do amazing work within the organization. And when you do that, you do know that you know, the, the chances of your people being poached increases a lot. True. So we always say that people, some people grow to us, some people grow through us. And, and we allow everybody to do exactly that. And interestingly, a lot of our really good people just stick around, just like our clients. Yeah. So, yeah. Crazy. The second thing you mentioned yeah. was the amount of billions that are sitting in this industry of ours. Yeah. And I was reading, could be an outdated stat now. Mm. It was from Nielsen, if I remember correctly. Mm. So it was saying there's 45 billion yeah. rand that sits in the advertising industry. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. 
And out of that, and I guess my question is twofold. And out of that, I think it's 1%, if not 2%, that actually goes to black-owned agencies. Mm-hmm. Whether it's 100%, 50%, mm-hmm. doesn't really matter at mm-hmm. this point. What that equates to is like 900 million, mm-hmm. if my math is correct. Yeah. To split amongst just the black agencies. Mm-hmm. The rest, so let's mm-hmm. round it off. Mm-hmm. The rest then goes to mm-hmm. all the white agencies. Mm-hmm. And many of those, most of those, are multinational, big multinationals. To your point earlier So it's on, going offshore, yeah. It, it boggles me, X. Mm. And I think, one, on your deal that you did, I think it was 2020, kudos to you um, and everyone else that was involved. Mm-hmm. I think it's a step in the right direction, but it's taking too long. Yeah. <clears throat> we can't be discussing this thing still, but you're sharing 1%. What's wrong with the What's wrong with the industry? Maybe mm-hmm. that's my first question. Mm-hmm. And how do we solve for that? So it's an interesting one, oh, and it's it's such a it's one of those touchy yes subjects, of course, because you've got people that feel very strongly about it, uh, myself included, actually. But I think we all have, we may have slightly different views in terms of 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 how to solve it. Yes. And, 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 and my general view in terms of how to solve it, you know, you, you, you get, you can have quite a, quite a one-dimensional view, and there's nothing wrong with that, or you can have a multi-dimensional view of how to solve it. Cool. Um, for me, the issue of transformation in our industry is so multi-layered. Mm-hmm. It, there, there's, there's the aspect of it that's around how much kids know that this industry even exists, mm-hmm. Um, how much uh, our government has done to give kids that knowledge in terms of career choices. I mentioned to you that it took me going to a a previously white school in order to learn that art was a viable career, as an example. So you've got that part of it. That part of it affects how many people then even consider this as a career. You've also got the part of it where from a from a from a from a from a parent's perspective the level of education that's needed there mm. because you can decide that you want to go into the creative field but your parent or your guardian who yeah. is ultimately who ultimately has to pay yeah. says no i don't understand i don't understand it, understand yes. it. better i don't understand it than no because if i have to pay for this i would much rather go for tried and tested uh, commerce type of careers, yeah, you know. So, so, so you've got that aspect to it, and then you've got the 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 the, the agency makeup. Mm. What does that look like? You know, where's the transformation there, and 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 at significant levels, at all levels, and then you've got the challenges around the fact that, for instance, if we're talking creative, mm. a creative you don't hire somebody you don't study to be a creative director yes you have to go through right. from the bottom yes. up so if you're not concentrating on that funnel and everything that i've talked about affects yeah. that funnel if you're not affecting that funnel what's happening to the industry how then do you expect to have this hugely transformed uh, uh, industry at yeah. the top across by the way from all the different disciplines within the industry yeah so that's where, for me, it, it really, it, it's so multifaceted, uh, this problem that we have. And then we get to the, to, 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 to the thing around ownership. Yeah. You know, first of all, how do you 
transform some of the agencies that already exist. You know, um, <clears throat> because for me that that's also just as important. Yep. Um, that's why our deal was 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 is something that I'm so proud of, because you had this agency that started that pretty much restarted itself around 2009-2010. I became a shareholder soon thereafter. Um, <clears throat> Kutala also did, etc. And 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 so we grew this thing. But essentially, what 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 then started to happen is that we started being. Remember, I said to you at the beginning, what happens? Mm. We started to make our way into that top. Yes. Uh, 10. Yes. And what happens when you get there and you're independent, every single person you calls call. you. Yeah. You know, and, 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 and I'm so proud of, of, of ourselves because we said no to all those offers. We literally rejected every single one because now we had a purpose. Mm. And our purpose is what made every decision so much more easier because we we're clear. There's no way that we would have brought ourselves back and then sold ourselves just you know just grown our business just to become um just to become four or five rich guys again um and so and so and so when 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 all of this happened we made the choice and we said we cannot say that we're growing this agency without empowering the people within it and that's why ours became a a sorry we're not growing the people in it and also we're not growing our country mm. and hence we sold to to a black company uh, and we also had a management buyout, buyout from people yeah. uh, within the organization <clears throat> and then comes and and, and so I'm, I'm, I think that that is very important in terms of how we are transforming existing companies mm. and then comes the the part around black owned agencies the, the ones that that are born that way you know and 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 how much of of, of that are we nurturing and are mm. we growing you know there's too few there's some brilliant ones by the way yeah there are some brilliant ones and you know i have to give a shout out to the likes of osmo at odd number yes they you do know <clears throat> they're doing brilliant yeah. work you know um you've got the the amazing ladies at think uh yes. And Mukondi, you've, you've really got yeah. some people that are really starting to make strides. You've got some amazing ones I know in the media space, etc., that are really starting to make strides. <clears throat> and, and my thing is, how do we accelerate that? Yes. Because you can't go and you can't drag someone to start a business as yes. well. And at the same time, when people do start businesses, how do we make it viable for them how do we make it worth it for them and i'm so happy that you know in a platform like this for instance we've got marketers that listen to this podcast and yes. for me it's how do they use what they have to make sure that true. they help us in this fight true um you know so that they, dude it's freaking 45 billion there is enough for everybody Yo. so how do you make sure that we, we we spread all of this and we help these companies to grow crazy yeah it's it's funny i don't I, i'm not sure if there's a single answer yeah i don't think that there is but i think that by doing all of these things and flip but not not nearly quick enough but by doing yeah. all of these things um that's when i think we're going to and and i have to say this as well yeah. tabani when i compare this industry to how it was when i started we have come such a long way is it we honestly have come such a long way you know there used to be a time in advertising when you could watch a piece of commercial or a piece of film or whatever it was, yeah. and you would know instinctively that, oh, there was no black person in the room when that was done. 
Absolutely. True. Yeah. You, you, I, mean, I was going to say, I'll argue even now, I might have a sense. But uh, absolutely, yes. you, you might have a sense, but I'll give you an example. Sure. For me, even as an advertising person, yeah. I was there. But nowadays, I, I can, I can, okay, I I can never be sure I because you. I know that we've come a long way. That person may not have a sufficient voice. That's, that's another, that's another yes. problem. But at least I know that, look, the likelihood that there yeah. was some level of diversity in that room has grown immensely from when I started. Sure. Okay, clearly there's a lot of work that needs to be done. Absolutely. Over a, a very long period. Yeah, absolutely. But hopefully we can fix it. Yep. So as you wind well, down... Well, 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 yeah. well, well very quickly, sure. I, I look at other creative fields. I just feel that I want... If it was up to me, I yeah. mean, the marketers hold the budgets and all of those, so definitely assist us, please help us. Sure. Um, I, I believe that any agency that's starting, I don't believe that any agency will, will truly achieve success without creative excellence. Okay. So for me, if you do start an agency, whether black, whether yes. white, whether creativity, in my view, is the currency that you need for, for a marketer to consider you, because why would they come True. to you versus somebody else? Um, and, 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 and so for me, those things are so key. But I, I look at some of the other creative industries yeah. where, for me, one of the best things that has happened is that, is that people of color haven't waited, haven't asked for permission. Sure. You know, think about what's happened in music. Think yes. about what's happened in visual arts yes. and all of those things. Oof. And when we just do our thing, yeah. trust me, you know, it reminds me of the, of, the, of the old adage, build it and they will come. Yes. Build it and they will come. Yeah, okay. So as we wind down, um, my my biggest question to you is with the work that you are currently doing, um, and I know you do a lot, you just don't speak about it. Mm -hmm. um, how do we start honing and bringing in more creatives um, from a, call it if you want to call it, black people because mm -hmm. again to our point I don't think the industry is as transformed as yes. it should be Yes. and the transformation conversation for me X is not uh, we want black people to take over no mm. it's about representation of how the country landscape is absolutely that's what it is yep. so absolutely. the fight is not that you should get less because mm. we should get more no absolutely we just want representation mm. how, what, what things and initiatives are you involved in mm -hmm. Um, or what can we do in order to bring more people in? Because I think there's a lot of work, like you just mentioned now, that still needs to be done in the industry. Mm. You know, Tabani, I think it's one of those, for me, if, if anyone with any level of influence yeah. were to do their part where they are. Mm. And I always talk about, you know, at the end of the day, if there's one thing that we can control, it's our organization. Yes. It's, it's, it's our organization. If, if there's one person that we can look at in the mirror and we say, what are you doing? You know, it's, 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 it's where we are. Yeah. A, it's by the kind of work we do. It's by the kind of clients and people that we attract, by the kind of clients and people that we help, yeah. that we work with, that help us yes. to grow. Um, it's, 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 it's honestly around how do we become a shining example to the world as an organization. And, and there's so much that we are trying to do all the time. In fact, the funny thing is we've got quite a big, this year is our 25th anniversary. Thank you very much. 
and um, when is it? It's oh What's god, I, I, f- I forget the date. Okay, I, 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 I forget. Bring you something special. Thank you. I'll cool. let you know what the cool. date is. Um, but we've got a big announcement that we're actually making this Sunday. This Sunday. This Sunday. Look by the Sunday Times. Okay. Um, with regards to what we are choosing to do for as a celebration. Yeah. For our twenty fifth anniversary. Can't wait. And um, and you know we're an ad agency. And I think almost naturally we'd probably want to party up a storm and yes. all of that. But in the context of understanding where we are and understanding what the challenges are in our country, if you watch the news, students mm. can't even have can't even get a bed to sleep on. They're sleeping in corridors, corridors. There's protests all over the country, people just wanting access to education. Mm. So for our twenty fifth anniversary we've asked ourselves, what can we do? Um, in as a citizen of this country, as a proud citizen of this country, what can we do mm-hmm. to make a difference? So it's things like that. It's um, I, I I think I think it's marketers saying that, um, and marketers have been very 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 effective in okay. transform in transforming our industry. By the way, okay, because it's it's, it's been amazing, you know, uh, the kind of pressure that we've had. Um, you know, good pressure to make sure that we mm. transform in order to be eligible for pitches, yes. um, etc. You know, um, also this is where you have to you have to this is where you have to commend things like government, etc. Yes, because there's also the pressure that comes onto companies. Yes, there's also the pressure that comes onto us. Um, but more than anything, what you want is you want an industry that wants to do this, that wants to do transformation not because of pressure but because it works mm. um, we are a living example of that it works any relative success that we we've enjoyed or are enjoying or are beginning to enjoy at the heart of that is our diverse team and we want to be a shining example by by honestly being as authentic as we can bringing in as much people who can who can relate to what is happening in our country and help us to put it into our communication to create work that'll inspire people that'll we we always say we want to create music sorry uh, we want to create advertising that moves people as much as music does mm. you know and, and 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 imagine if we could get that for all our clients imagine if we could get that for all our staff how pr- for our country imagine when the world sees our work which is unashamedly from this part of the world. So that's the long-term vision. We are, as I said to you, just on the first step. Yeah. But the journey excites us like you can never believe. I'm so happy for you, bro. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you for spending time with me. Uh-huh. I hope everyone that listens will get value from this. Mm-hmm. I did, surely. Thank you. Um, and I look forward to Sunday uh-huh. uh, to see what the announcement is going to be. Uh-huh. Last question to close mm-hmm. out. Yeah. If you want to be remembered, how would you want to be remembered in the creative industry when everything is said and done? You as Tolisa, not your public. I would want to be remembered as someone who contributed to the industry and who left the industry much better than I found it. Okay. Thank you, my good sir. Thank you, my brother. It's a wrap. <laughs> Thank you, dog. Thank you.